Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good job up front with the Kent State defense. Was that a good job by the Kent State defense? Uh, allegedly. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. The, uh, I'm going to say forgotten older brother of the Touchline Media Group. Older, not because we're, we're older. Yeah, wait, no, I'm sorry. You were explaining. Go ahead. <laughs> we are uh, older in age, but the Touchline Franca has like a thousand episodes and we're, we're holding strong at like 69. I know you think I'm kidding, but we, I actually do think this is the 69th episode. Uh, I think we're the older sibling <laughs> the way that like that 70s show kept treating that older siblings were like, they were there for two episodes and then never mentioned again. I actually think we're Topanga, um, we're Topanga's older sister who Eric had a brief dalliance with and then Topanga liked uh, Eric in the early seasons of Boy Meets World. Anyway. Yeah, uh this episode is brought to you by whoever blue wire decides to put into the podcast uh last episode there was a lot of um tick pick which i really appreciate from a from a joking perspective they uh i don't know it's probably at the beginning of this one so they'll uh, tell you how to get tickets to the um peach bowl which we'll talk about in a second if you're planning to go down to atlanta uh also uh thank you to our uh our forever sponsor, the Smith Workforce Management Group, for all of your business law, employment law, family law, uh, NIL needs, check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. We are joined by an actual uh, expert today, as opposed to our normal crap where we just sort of talk. Uh, we are joined once again by uh, 24-7's Justin Thind to talk about all the, the cool stuff that he knows and uh, can't talk about. So we'll like ask questions. He'll be like, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, Justin, how are you? It's great to be back, guys. Had a lot of fun last time. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So um, so since we last spoke, we, we had a thing that happened uh, in which Michigan State somehow simultaneously had their second best class uh, in the recruiting era, like the recruiting website era, and also people were vaguely disappointed. So uh, how, how are you feeling about the, uh, the tone and tenor of the, uh, the Red Cedar message board? So I don't venture over to the free Red Cedar message board much, mostly because I don't have self-control. <laughs> um, but I, I, I see exactly what you mean still on Shaw. Um, and these guys that follow recruiting quite a bit still, they had a lot of disappointment on National Signing Day itself just because the pieces were on the chessboard for the taking for Mel Tucker to secure a top 18-ish class if he lands Keontae Goodwin and Armani Winfield and those two guys won elsewhere but 
uh, if you take a step back from just what happened on that one day to who they signed that day because of who they landed throughout the year, uh, very successful recruiting class, like you said, one of the best in, in recent memory. A um, lot of solid pieces at a lot of positions of need. Really impressed with the offensive line recruiting and the defensive back recruiting and wide receiver recruiting. And Kate Hauser is a, is a gem of a quarterback and really like what they did in this class. And I think it's a, it's a class that people will look back on and see that there were a lot of impact players in it. So that's like, a, I've been around for a while. Like I, I actually remember um, the, like the first recruiting class I, I can really remember getting pissed off about was the Nick Perry, Ronald Johnson class, which would have been like 07 or 08 maybe. Um, and uh, so, so like I've been in this a long time. So like I have the, the ability to be like, we have not had a quarterback recruit like Kattenhauser since, I don't know, Jeff Smoker, probably. Yeah. Um, because even Damian Terry, who was a, who was a huge uh, recruit, if not huge player, um, didn't, wasn't, wasn't rated like Hauser is. So um, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully he ends up as um, not a disappointing Hauser, which Michigan State has <laughs> maybe had to deal with recently, but this is not a basketball podcast. Um, because, uh, speaking of self-control, I can't, I don't have self-control when it comes to basketball. And I, I try to keep it light in, in these parts. Um, so in terms of the class itself, like we, uh, we, we know a couple of names because, um, they're juniors to people who we, we, we knew elsewhere. Like, I don't want to talk about Antonio Gates jr. Because right. I remember when Antonio Gates senior was at Michigan yeah. state, like I'm that old. Like when, when I say we are the older brothers of the touchline media group, um, like I remember, Antonio Gates transferring away from Michigan state, um, which was sad, but also a, a, a testament to Nick Saban, I guess. Right. Um, so of these players, uh, which do you think like, you know, obviously there are some, some issues that this team right now has to deal with. So, you know, you mentioned you like the offensive line class, mm-hmm. you like the, the defensive back class, both of which um, are maybe things that could be yes. improved uh, mm-hmm. like next week perhaps <laughs> right um do you think any of the any of the guys uh are going to be able yes. to come in and play day one yeah so um in the previous recruiting class um charles brantley was a guy that i liked his toughness i liked his fluidity and i thought he'd be a guy that can come in and play right away and by the middle of the season he did see the field and that kind of panned out and in this year's class i feel the exact same way about caleb coley he's uh, from georgia warner robbins area He's a guy that uh, I believe clocked a 4-4 at University of Tennessee's camp on a 40-yard dash. He's a guy that hits. He's violent. Um, he did have a minor injury. I want to say torn meniscus, so nothing long-term. But uh, I wonder if that maybe will take him uh, a little while before he sees the field, depending on where he is physically. But he's a guy that I expect to contribute as a freshman and a guy that I think will be a multi-year starter at Michigan State. Um, and then... Uh, there are a lot of safeties in this class that I like. I don't know how many of them will need to contribute early, depending on uh, where Gross plays this year, if they move him back up to the line and move Snow back, and um, and if Henderson comes back. But there are guys like Jaden Mangum um, and Malik Spencer, who I think could have played as freshmen if they needed them to. So there are some guys in the defensive backfield that that there are they're talented guys that could be immediate impact players. Offensive line, the two guys that I like the most happen to be guys that need a little bit of time in the weight room, and that's Ashton Leppo and, and Braden Miller. They're guys that are about 6'6", um, but they're just in the middle of really bucking up right now. So I don't know if any of the offensive linemen from the upcoming class will be able to play right away, um, but I do like the ceiling that a lot of these guys possess. Uh, so, so we'll, we'll go back to talking about recruits in a second, but, um, is Xavier Henderson able to come back? Did I, like, did I just learn something? (laughs) So, so Xavier Henderson said during big 10 media days before the season that he's planning on this being his last year. Right. And then throughout the season was basically implying the same thing every time somebody talked to him. And then suddenly he wasn't on the senior day graphic uh, before (laughs) the Penn state game. And, uh, then I heard some people say, yeah, he's 50, 50. So that's the most I've heard on it, but it went from it being a, like a, a open and shut case to now some, something he's thinking about. So we'll, I guess we'll see what happens there. Don't know anything for sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to Mark D'Antonio this and say that he's, he's really a five-star recruit. We, we can get him back. Um, <laughs> that's what, that's one of my favorite quotes of all time. Like it was like, I want to say it was national signing day, 2014, 
And he was like, yep, we got, we got uh, Connor Cook and Shalee Calhoun to come back. So they're really five stars. This class is, and I, I, like, I remember thinking, like, that's the most Mark D'Antonio thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, so, so, okay, so, so the Xavier Henderson stuff, awesome. Like, if he comes back, I, I feel like that, yeah. that raises the, the ceiling. Um, yeah. But with all, these, uh, with all these players, like, you, you mentioned Coley, and I, uh, I am a subscriber to the, to the VIP board at, at 24-7, and every Love one of my list. Every one of my listeners should be as well. Um, you should all go out and subscribe and support Justin in, in his endeavors. But um, one of the things that I noticed on the board, um, and, and I, I, I feel okay revealing this because it, like, it, it's not inside information anymore because Caleb Coley signed. But um, he's been committed to Michigan State for like two months. Right. Um, and he just like wasn't public about it. So, yes. So I... So, yeah. Well, so so one, of the, one of the misconceptions people have is, when they hear the word uh, a silent commit or a silent verbal, they get paranoid and they're like, oh, a silent verbal, that's risky. Those <laughs> never go our way. But every single person that, that signed with Michigan State on signing day was a silent commit for some period of time, whether it was just six, seven hours while Michigan State was making their commitment edit for them or whether it was three or four weeks while they were waiting for a certain announcement date. So he was one of those. He was one of the longest uh, silent commits in the class. But yes, everyone at one point or another is most likely a silent commit. The coaching staff does not find out when the public finds out. So silent commits, they're not risky. 99% of the time they work out. So that's just a, a side tangent I wanted to add in. You're telling me I'm not as informed as Mel Tucker. This is <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it turns out that um that that college college football coaches are exactly the way it works in NCAA 14. And and you find out that they commit and that's <laughs> That's what it happens. Um, yep. so, you mentioned before that I don't follow recruiting that closely. So I actually am about as knowledgeable as, I don't know if he has one, but Mel Tucker's dog. <laughs> mm, he does. I think he has two, two dogs. Nice. Yeah. I don't, I'm in the middle. I'm more knowledgeable than the second one, but less knowledgeable. <laughs> um, so, so I, I guess like the, so, so in, in light of like those, like those flips that aren't flips, um, what's, what's like the funniest uh, that you've seen the board react to like you, you know, you or, or, or your, your, um, your coworkers or colleagues, uh, Steven and, and Corey, like when, what, what's the funniest endeavor you've had where you like put out like a bit of information. It's like, Hey, heads up, something might be coming down the pipe. You know, it might, it might not, but it probably will. Like what's the funniest reaction you've seen so, from the board? Yeah. So last week, uh, Corey Robinson, I think now it's two weeks ago, but he started a thread where, um, so Michigan State was hosting Damari Alston, who ended up signing with Auburn. He ended up hosting, uh, Michigan State ended up hosting it for an official visit, but Auburn coaches didn't know um, at the time. That's what we thought. And so we didn't want to put his name out there and like start a whirlwind of rumor. So Corey decided to go with the phrasing, Michigan State coaches have a rabbit up their sleeve or something like that. So the, the thread was just rabbit. And then this page, this thread, what grew to like 20 pages in like a week. And all it was, was everyone trying to guess who it was and referring back to previous hints that were debunked like six pages ago. Other people getting mad that people aren't keeping those hints in mind. People copying and pasting the progress. So that's how that went. I I love that. See, like my, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that like, Recruiting is an interesting concept, but um, like the meta recruiting narratives are so yeah. much funnier than like the recruiting itself because recruiting is just like it's 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 HR for seventeen year olds. It's like, hey, yeah. would you like to to join this company and get paid a certain amount? Um, you know, now that's like an official number. It used to be like you know eighty thousand dollars in McDonald's bag. Um, yeah. <laughs> shout out Tennessee. <laughs> Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher bucks. Um, yeah. I'll find Bob and says NIL has always been a thing. We just can do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Elliot or uh, FSU's AD is just sit, former AD is just sitting there like, God damn it, you stupid son of a shut up. <laughs> I mean, like, and, and the, like, that's the fun thing is that like, there are still those people who, who pay attention to recruiting and, and have for a long time, but like, don't get it. And it's like, Cam Newton told you he told you what the going rate in 2011 for a five-star quarterback from Juco was. And like, if you can't do, um, you know, the amount, like, like doing, do the, the exchange rate from like, okay, like, like Michigan state quarterback, like you go into like an actuarial chart. It's like, okay, Michigan state quarterback for a four-star 
quarterback. What's the inflation rate? What's the consumer price index from 2011? The funny, the funny thing is, is that Gene Chizik, who's the coach at Auburn during that Cam Newton thing, yet last week decided to speak out against athletes getting paid, said something about there's too many people in this country that are not making 50000 a year. So his argument was that as a result, we should not be paying players so that there will be less people making 50,000. He contradicted himself. There. <laughs> I think, I think the funniest part about his was like, I think that like he was actually making a, um, like a, like an anti-union comment. Like he was like trying to like dress up an anti-union comment yeah. while making like the argument for unions. Like your anti-union Twitter comment is answering a lot of questions I have about whether or not there should be unions in college yeah. football. I mean, and everybody immediately dunked on him was like, weren't you paid $11 million to fucking leave Auburn? Like, yep. His buyout, buyout money was huge. <laughs> oh man. I, I swear to you the best job, like for a long time, I thought the best job in, in, in the world was university president, but the best job is actually former Auburn uh, head coach <laughs> because apparently you get to just say whatever you want. Occasionally you get to go be a Senator. Um, and I think in Brian Harson's case, uh, depending on vaccine mandates, uh, you might be the next head coach at the University of Nevada. We'll mm-hmm. see. Yep, yep. <laughs> the second best job has to be Jimmy Sexton, who's just getting oh. all these coaches raises this offseason. Oh my God. Jimmy Sexton, like, it's not even, like for him, it's got to be like the most fun thing because it's like, it's like playing a video game with, um, with like negotiations set to loose or easy, like in FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, transfer transfer strictness loose yeah. and it's like for jimmy saxon it's just like he goes to <laughs> to you know whoever it is i, I guess um alan holler in, in our case it's just like i'm gonna pick a number now and alan holler, like yeah okay that's yeah. okay you turn off realistic trades it's like oh yeah, yeah. ron for you know ish smith done <laughs> yeah and it's it's like every time one coach signs a contract for him personally it's like another financial takeover from FIFA where you just know that's automatic raises and money coming in through another coach. <laughs> I like, and, and then like, it's funny because like, for like, there was that like month where people like lost their minds about Mel Tucker's contract. It was like, Oh my gosh, like what has he even done? He's, you know, at that point he was like, he has like an, a seven and seven record at Michigan state. And like anybody who understands what this is, it's like, you understand that by the end of this, this coaching carousel, he will not be a top 10 paid coach yep. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's, that's how this works. Michigan state did a really good job to get him, get him locked in before November. Yeah. It was like, Hey guys, the market's about to move. And Michigan state was like, you got one nine five million dollars done. <laughs> that's exactly. Exactly. And, and you saw what happened after that. That's like Brian Kelly out of nowhere going to LSU, Lincoln <laughs> Riley out of nowhere going to USC. So they got ahead of all this madness that would have had all these other coaches scrambling, all these other programs scrambling. Right. And, and like, I'm, it's, I'll say this about Notre Dame. Um, I'm, I'm shocked Kelly left. I'm, I'm shocked he left for the LSU job. But the worst part about that is that now like LSU has the coach that actually when D'Antonio retired, I wanted Michigan State to go after hard. Like when, when it became clear that Fickle wasn't going to happen, I, my was like, go after Freeman. He's like, he's, he's, he's going to be a good coach. And now Notre Dame has him. And I'm like, damn it. My, mm-hmm. my, like, I think the last time I didn't like, or I liked a, a Notre Dame coach was what? Tyrone Willingham mm-hmm. like you're talking about like 15 years the ago interesting the most interesting thing which it, it leads you to give a lot of credit to Freeman is when Tucker took the job at Michigan State um, some people out there believe that Tucker offered a triple Freeman salary and he said no so he he w- willingly coached as the DC at Cincinnati for one third of what he could have made then took less money to go be the Notre Dame DC over the LSU DC. So this is a young guy in his early to mid thirties who turned down two bigger deals to choose a different path than a lot of people would. And it clearly worked out for him. So to his credit, that's a pretty interesting uh, path that he's taken here in the last two, three years. And I hope that, and I'm like, I'm happy for him. Good, good job, Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Um, you're now the Notre Dame head coach. I, I am contractually <laughs> obligated to dislike you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, bl- blame it on Bob Davey. Like you, you want to go back far enough. Like I, I hate Notre Dame going back a long time, but Bob Davey always lost. So that was fun. You can, you can go right to the holes. You can go skip to the holes. <laughs> um, see, but Lou Holtz won things at Notre Dame. So like, like it wasn't, it wasn't like the unearned, like stolen valor of the, the Charlie Weiss, Bob Davey years, um, or Tyron Willingham to a certain extent, but 
So, so um, I guess like before we, before we get into to some of the, like the, the current um, Michigan state, like, like there's a game that's actually sort of like a big deal that happens um, by the time this drops a week from now. Um, but what's what, like, you know, obviously like you guys, you, you know, by being a recruiting insider, like, you know, some stuff um, that happens like sort of like behind the scenes, like with, with like uh, kids who, who maybe like said that they had offers that, that didn't exist. Like I, I'm thinking <laughs> back to the, to the, like the, the most famous one was the, the, the kid in like the late 2000s, early 2010s who had like a whole signing ceremony and none of the schools in question had any idea who he was. Um, obviously like that happens a little bit less now because, because there's an entire <laughs> right. industry, but, uh, um, we made up, not we, the industry made up a school. Yeah. <laughs> or somehow <laughs> that is a thing that happened. Um, so yeah. like, have, have you ever been in a situation? Like what's the funniest situation you can think of where like you, you saw, and you don't have to name the kid. Like I'm not yeah. here to embarrass 17 year olds, but like, yeah. like it, was there ever a kid who was like, said he had offers from like, you know all these schools and like you're sitting there like this, this kid is, is, is absolutely going to Buffalo. <laughs> so, so there was a kid in the previous cycle. I would tell you the name, um, but I just don't remember it. So he was a kid that he claimed an offer from Michigan state. And I saw that. I remember nobody. I know, I, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> there were two instances, actually this one. I don't know if it's that one. So okay. one was also a basketball instance as well. So there's three instances in just <laughs> last year. So, so this guy had nobody from Michigan state following him. So then I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, I'm trying to do a story on your offer. Uh, just a couple of quick questions. Can you tell me how the phone call went where um, you were offered? And can you tell me who the coach was? And the kid goes, I forgot the coach. And <laughs> He goes, and he said, the coach's message to me was just keep working hard. And uh, so first of all, that's, that's like the last thing the coaches say when they hang up after an offer call, first they go through the film, what they like about them, why Michigan State's a good fit. And then they hang up. I saying keep working hard. That is not the only thing that would happen on this call. <laughs> so then I reached out. So then I reached out to somebody that would know if the staff is recruiting him. And this guy goes, I've never heard of this dude in my entire life. <laughs> So then, so then I started to see who else had offered this guy, according to him. I started scrolling through his profile and he had like uh, Maryland, Nebraska, um, Miami, TCU. And then I go to his followers and he, he only had like two or 300 followers. So it was just a quick scroll and nobody from any of these schools. Was <laughs> see, <So> I, <laughs> I love that because it's like, like, there are lies that are like hard to verify. Yeah. And then there are lies that are like, we can see who follows you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's, I think we're outside the statute of limitations now. Uh, Oregon law school. <laughs> I never, I never had an acceptance there. I just, I'm sorry, Georgia. I lied. To you. <laughs> <laughs> see my, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell this story. So like when I got into law school, like I, because I was in an undergrad at the time, like I, I did a hat party, um, you know, like I had, I had on the, 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 the yeah. table, um, as you, know, you should, as well, of course, like yeah. I had a hat party and, and the three schools, um, that I had four schools on the table. Um, but I had already informed three of them that I wasn't attending. So I, I apologize to everybody who came to that party thinking <laughs> that I was making the decision on the fly. I wasn't, I'd already told Georgetown, I wasn't going there. And I already told, uh, Michigan state, not, not, not going to happen. Um, huh. Texas didn't return my phone call, so they didn't know, but also <laughs> very much. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Uh, Texas never returned mine either. So yeah, we got ghosted by the same recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, um, speaking, this is, this is, this is bad. Um, speaking of offers. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yes. Speaking of offers. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> down for the ad because he has really bad segues. So he has to like, tell us some way that he's going to insert an ad there. 
so shout out to whoever. <laughs> See that? So, so some of our some of our transitions seamless. Some of them not so much. Yeah. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit about um, like the actual game that's that's happening. So like a weird thing that happens in college football because it's it's not like. Um, the pros, like there is no dedicated off season, right? Like Dan Mullen maybe lost his job because he said, I'm going to talk about recruiting after the season, which of of course he, what he meant was like, (laughs) he didn't want to talk about it in season. Not that he wasn't doing it, but there were a lot of jokes to be made there. Um, So like, we actually are still like sort of in season for Michigan state. Um, So, so peach bowl is like I said, like a week from today Um, featured Thursday night bowl, not on new year's Eve. Um, and uh, so, so, so might get some good ratings, but uh, Justin, so what, what are your thoughts going into this game? Obviously um, big news is Kenneth Walker is not playing, mm-hmm. but neither is Kenny Pickett. So right. one deserving Heisman finalist and one not deserving Heisman finalist, mm-hmm. both not playing, but not the one you think for each of those uh, right. designations. <laughs> so, so they have um, Pitt, Pitt has a top seven run defense, I think in college football. So Michigan State with Elijah Collins, who, who I'm hoping is the one that gets a bulk of these carries, um, they're going to have their work cut out for them. So this is a situation where it's going to be Peyton Thorne winning, winning the game through the air. And I think they should score more points than Pitt without Kenny Pickett. So I don't think Michigan State fans should be worried about this. But at the same time, I don't think they're just going to dominate in all phases like you ideally would want Michigan State to do. Um, and yeah, even with Kenneth Walker running the ball, it wouldn't have been easy, but you know, Kenneth Walker, he finds ways to, to break runs. But now I, I don't know if there are many running backs that can suddenly run for 120 yards against Pitt's defense. And as a result, like I said, it's going to be up to Peyton Thorne. Hopefully Jalen Naylor is back. Uh, he, his, he had his hand in a cast for most of the last year or most of the last month. I believe I finally saw a couple of videos where he was off of the, off of the brace at, at practice. So should be a fully healthy Michigan state offense other than uh, Kenny Walker's omission. I do think Jarrett Horst has a chance of playing. I know he was back at practice, but I don't know if that means he is automatically just going to play or like how much of a fall off it was from being away from football for three weeks or so. So we'll see, but yeah, Michigan State's offense is going to have to win the game through the air, and I think it should be doable because I don't expect Pitt to light it up with their backup quarterback. Well, he he's it's it's sort of like a good news bad news situation for Pitt. It's like a uh, good news: your quarterback has thrown for eighty five percent completion percentage this year. Mm-hmm. Bad news on fourteen pass attempts. <laughs> yeah, and Jordan Addison for Pitt. He's a true sophomore, so. Um, he's going to be a weapon that Michigan State will have to worry about. Um, obviously, you'd prefer someone other than Kenny Pickett to be throwing him the ball, so that works out. But that's still a very legit talent at wide receiver for Pitt. Yeah, and and obviously, like Michigan State's pass defense, we don't need to talk about it. I think that that how quote bad it was was a little bit overblown by the fact that um, Bailey Zappi threw for eight thousand yards against them, and also like other schools that um, literally made the playoff based on their running attack, stopped running. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I think it's, it's a funny thing because like, you know, you, you mentioned that, that a Narduzzi defense is good against the run. Well, yeah. And like, I think like people forgot that like a lot of those players that's on that Michigan state defensive line, um, those are, those are D'Antonio recruits and mm-hmm. D'Antonio didn't recruit people to be bad against the run. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, like I, I think like people like sort of forgot, like, yeah, like Jacob Slade is, is just, another in the neck, you know, in the long line of um, right. large defensive tackles who are good at, at getting off of run blocks. Like it's not a, it's not a new thing. Um, but uh, are, are, are you looking, you know, or are you hearing anything about, um, you know, the back back five, I guess um, that, that can give us some, some hope or are we looking at 500 yards again? So I'm hoping that Xavier Henderson is not as hurt as he was the last month of the year, because I heard that his body was just totally broken by the end of the season. And that's why he couldn't cover anyone against Ohio state and Purdue. So maybe, maybe that is something that hopefully changes and the safety outlook is much better. Um, Angelo gross. I don't know what his deal was towards the end of the year. Didn't hear anything about injuries, but he's just going to have to do a better job in one-on-one down the field coverage situations. But I think if you give Tucker three weeks of time 
to kind of prepare for someone that's not an elite quarterback. Now, now watch the backup though for 400 yards. <laughs> I said that, but I, I, ideally, ideally, this guy's not going to be as good as Kenny Pickett. And ideally, three weeks should yield a little bit of um, plugging the holes in that secondary. And with Henderson healthy, and um, I know Ronald Williams was also a little bit hurt at the end of the year because he was coming along in the middle of the year after that horrible start to the season. Mm-hmm. So let's see how many guys heal up because of this month off. And I'm hopeful that they should have a pretty decent performance out of that defensive backfield. Well, it's not just that we they lost Kenny Pickett either, right? Like they lost their OC. So it's that's true. That is true. Mark Whipple. Whatever uh, magic was being worked. Uh young OC. Yeah, I, I, I think that um I think that Mark Whipple leaving is that's actually like one of my favorite parts of the coaching carousel. Is that um last year I like I you know, I think I've mentioned this or, or certainly I mentioned it in the group chat was um, Kenny Pickett said like, oh, the reason I'm coming back is because of Mark Whipple. Mm-hmm. And then Mark Whipple before the Peach Bowl was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to leave now. And then Kenny Pickett was like, I, I will also. Yeah. So, so basically how it went down was Whipple knew before everybody else that Pickett wasn't going to play. So then he was like, oh, well, okay, I have no reason to hang around. So he decided to leave because because Whipple didn't have any reason to go to go to Nebraska in early December. They're not even in a bowl game. So <laughs> the entire reason he left is because Pickett knew he wasn't going to play, but then still dragged it out for like two weeks after that before he told the public and told their fans. <laughs> um, but but Whipple knew back then that, that Pickett wasn't going to play. He left and then Pickett came out two weeks later and was like, okay, now I'll tell you guys I'm, I'm not playing. <laughs> that's kind of a kind of a a feather in the cap of Whipple, right? Because he took all the heat for that. Like he made it seem like Kenny Pickett isn't playing because Whipple's gone instead of Whipple's gone because mm. Pickett isn't playing. So like Yeah, that's a good point. We uh, like if, yeah. if I was playing for a coach, I, that's definitely something I would want my coach to do for me. I appreciate yeah, that. True. I appreciate that from Mark Whipple. I, I do feel a little bit bad for the other ten players on the pit offense who can now say with definitive certainty that um, their OC did not care about them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't say that he didn't care for them. You can just say that like Whipple clearly has a favorite. Yeah. It's like, it's it's like, I love all of you equally. That's not true. I love Kenny the most. It's like, it's like a parent who's like, I love all of you equally and the same. And then everybody leaves and it's like, Kenny stay here. You are my favorite and you will always be my favorite. (laughs) Um, so no, that's bullshit, right? I just had to say that to the boys. I, <laughs> um, so, so the last thing I want to talk about with, um, with Michigan state specifics and I guess pit, because why yeah. not, um, is, uh, so, so obviously like we're, we're now officially, well, not officially, I guess there's like a February signing date that doesn't matter anymore, but we're, we're sort of officially into the 2023 cycle. I don't want to talk about transfer portal stuff because, um, you know, as, as you've mentioned on, on the board, like transfer portal recruiting is like we find out that there's an offer the same day that they commit and it's like, nobody knows anything. <laughs> right. um, and, and in terms of transferring out, I don't want rumors. Like if somebody's transferred yeah. out, they transferred out because um, it was no longer the right fit. And if they're right. about to transfer out, like we don't want to put those rumors out. So right. um, as, as important as the transfer portal is, like, I don't really want to ask. About yeah. It. Um, yeah. And I don't really have any other names either that the public doesn't know. So we're all just kind of wait and see mode. Yeah. And like, and, and as for the, like the players who are like, why they left like i don't want to know they they left because they want to go get more playing time yeah like, that's just the answer um yep. so so in 2023 obviously like you know that's the next cycle um the, the the big name out of out of michigan and out of everywhere is um is obviously dante moore um i don't i don't know if if we're we're looking at like a mel tucker actually can can pull a rabbit out of his hat or if that's like a thomas wilcher experience but um like what are your thoughts on 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 more at this yeah point? So Dante grew up a Michigan fan and he, he likes Michigan quite a bit. I don't know how much he likes Matt Wise, their quarterbacks coach, but I don't see that being an obstacle at the end of the day. Um, If you, if you grow up a fan of a school and you kind of have faith in your own abilities, I think that is not something that'll stop him, but Michigan state is a better chance than most people realize because I know a lot of people just write off Michigan state's chances. Cause Oh, grew up a Michigan fan, worked with Devin Gardner growing up. This one's done deal, but 
Dante Moore has spent tons of time calling Jay Johnson. Like he is a big fan of Jay Johnson at camps at every camp. I've seen those two at, he would come to Jay Johnson after every round of throwing and seek feedback. He um, scheduled his uh, official, his unofficial visit on June 1st to Michigan state before anywhere else. Cause he wanted to see what Jay Johnson and Tucker were all about in person. And I don't think, I don't know if Michigan state will end up landing him, but this is not anywhere close to the open and shut deal that people have made it seem like. And I do think that Notre Dame is another school to kind of worry about. He really likes Tommy Reese. Um, but I no, don't. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, I don't Tommy Reese seriously seems like the uh, Steve Buscemi me. I mean, I know he's not that old, but like everything Tommy Reese does seems like it's a guy that like, shouldn't be watching TikToks who does nothing but watch TikToks. <laughs> See, like the thing is, is like you telling me that Dante Moore likes Tommy Reese, like is like a, a situation for me where it's like, tell me that you are a child without telling me that you are a child. Cause that yeah. means you didn't watch Tommy Reese. So, I watched, yeah. I was there. <laughs> I yeah. watched so, so essentially, essentially he likes the way they used Ian book and that's the way he would like to be used. That's, right. that's really the, that's really the gist of that, of why he likes Tommy Reese, I guess. I mean, I can't even like critique that. Cause it's like, I, I watched a lot of Ian book and I never thought to myself one time, like, oh man, if I was getting recruited, that's the way I want <laughs> It's like, it's like, I remember, um, I remember like, you know, again, I'm going like backwards here and it's like, oh, Terrell Pryor wants to go to Ohio state because of the way they use Troy Smith. That makes sense. Yeah. Like I hear that. I get that. But the fact that Dante Moore looked at Ian Book and was like, "That, that's the one. That's what I want." Yeah. It'd be like it'd be like Trail Pryor being like, "I want to go to Ohio State because I like the way they use Craig Denzel or whatever the Krenzel. <laughs> him." <laughs> like, no, it's not. It's not the same thing. That's not. That's no. <laughs> Braxton Miller went to Ohio State because he really, really enjoyed Joe Bowserman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so beyond that, I, I saw a, a new story again, check out 24 seven sports, Spartan tailgate.com. Is that right? Yes. Okay. That is um, th- I, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I want to make jokes about the name. Uh, apparently Michigan state just offered a kid whose last name is saying, um, yes, Julian saying, I believe. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> all I want to say is I really would like to land him because of the dragon ball Z jokes. Don't really have yeah. any, anything beyond that. Yeah. A lot of good signs on college game day could could be derived from him. Right. Uh, you're putting a lot of faith in today's youths. I, I feel like they would they would be able to put out Super Saiyan. Like, it's not that hard. <laughs> or you just see a bunch of 35-year-olds elbowing children to the side. Like, no, 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 read this one. Do you know what companies don't elbow children to the side? We love you, I assume, indeed.com, or maybe they were in the first one. I don't know. Um, so so this, this podcast also uh, talks about the, the other football. Um, so, Justin, were you able to watch the, uh, the Bosnia-U.S. men's national team friendly this weekend? No, not this one, but I'm still reliving the glory of Dos Acero. That's a good thing to relive. Um, yes. So, so I think the last time we we we, we spoke, Mich- uh, the uh, U.S. men's national team had, had, was, in, was in pretty good shape. Um, so, so as someone who, who's, who's sort of like vaguely aware and not like us who get like super pissed off about 17, oh my <laughs> God, there's overlap. Uh, so I, Justin, I'm going to let you know that right now there's a massive recruiting issue between uh, Mexico and America for a left back. Huh? Interesting. Uh, uh, Jonathan Gomez. Um, he just, he just got called up to America. He played a little bit. He played well. Um, and there's like massive anxiety about recruiting a 17 year old. And I just realized how, so how, which, so which way is which way is the crystal ball uh, prediction pointing there? So the uh, I, I think because the uh, the recruiting industry in the soccer world is a little less robust. <laughs> um, he he most recently uh, accepted a call up to America, and America has like a pretty solid need at left back Ooh. going back to um, forever. Uh, right. uh, so so there's there's a lot of hope, um, but unfortunately. Uh, America just lost two pretty like high profile recruiting battles uh, with uh, with Julian Araujo and uh, Afra Alvarez. So we could use a win. Um, Greg Berhalter is a pretty good recruiter. Um, he's you know who yeah. he is. He's, I was going to um, say I haven't followed these last few months, but before that, he just seems like a guy that fans have a lot of faith in him. They're like Greg will get him anytime you're on Twitter and you're scrolling and you're trying to see all right who's debating between. 
I, I think Daryl DK, that's kind of where he, um, unless I'm totally mistaken, wasn't he deciding between England and the United States? Uh, so, so that was Eunice Musa. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he really grinded his uh, reputation out on Twitter, at least with the casuals like me, where people are starting to give Greg his flowers as a recruiter. Uh, so he's, he's a great recruiter. He got Sergino Dest from, from the Netherlands. Um, he got Eunice Musa from England. Um, he lo- I, the, so the one that he lost is like super unfair because it was bogus. Um, he lost uh, Jonathan David to Canada. Um, mm-hmm. And Jonathan David is like, is easily the best striker in America or in, um, in CONCACAF right now. And he was born in New York, but he moved to, uh, I want to say like Vancouver when he was three months old and, and mm-hmm. represents Canada. Like, so, so like that, that would be like the, um, the, the Drew Stanton situation if he had never come back to, to Harrison, where it's like he was born in Michigan and moved to Oregon, lived there for 13 years, and then people would have been like mad. Um, so we, we, we almost got him, but he's, he's not a great in-game coach. But um, so Jonathan yes. Gomez is, is, the, is, the, is the prize recruit right now. He's off to Spain uh, next month to go play uh, for Sociedad. But um, so, so given, given everything, and, and we know the discourse of, of the U.S. Men's National Team Twitter as, as, as well as anybody, and it's horrendously toxic. And I say that as somebody who's on Michigan State Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, although, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if um, U.S. Men's National Team Twitter has um, to, to, to verb something, Scott Belled anybody. Do they have a chief of propaganda? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if we do have an Odell Bradham. <laughs> uh, he's, he's actually, I got to tell you, he's my favorite Twitter follow because like yep. his shtick has become so optimistic that it's actually like refreshing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so, so like, what is your sense of like where we are, uh, like as a soccer playing nation after, after the first round, three rounds of so, uh, qualifying. So after that Dos Acero win against Mexico, and I believe that was three straight against Mexico. If you, um, count the other two matches earlier this summer. So we do. It was, I was, yes, perfect. So <laughs> momentum was sky high. I was waiting for the next FIFA rankings release. And I was just like, okay, here, here we are. Look out Germany. And then the the draw the next game kind of brings you down to earth a little bit and i know the u.s still pretty much controls their own destiny and everything is a favorable outlook for the most part but now they have to go out and get some points out of some away games i believe um if i'm correct so that is where the u.s has not shined um as bright as they do in home games as as happens in sports but yeah would have would have been uh, much more comfortable um if that if they had not uh, dropped uh, two points there after the Mexico game. So I don't know. I, all the optimism for me is still there, but maybe I haven't been um, kind of, I haven't been as uh, tried and tested uh, in the having my optimism crushed by the U S men's national team. Like some of the, some of the older generations are. So for me, I, I'm, I'm still all good. I think that they'll qualify and I'm not too worried here, but uh, I don't know. You guys can kind of tell me if that's misplaced. So, so the funny thing about being a U.S. men's national team fan is that it, it is absolutely the same feeling as being a Michigan state fan where you're constantly just like waiting for the misery. Um, and that Jamaica game was, was absolutely the Purdue game. Like anybody who knows this team and like, not like this team, but like, like, yeah. like as a program, you're like, yeah, something bad's gonna happen. Like we played really well against the rival. Yeah, yeah. cool, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the and the Ohio State game will be uh, when America travels to Mexico in March, but hopefully it won't matter. Um, yep. uh, but so so the ne- the next window, um, you're right. Like like some points need to be gotten from from an away game or two. Um, mm. We go to Canada at the end of uh, at the end of January, which will be fun. Um, because it'll be cold as hell. And I think yeah. that game is outside for some reason. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think Canada tries to do that to throw these people off, but hopefully the, the United States will be a little more well-equipped than some of these other countries that have to make the trek up there. I think the United States has started doing it too, because yep. Cincinnati. Yeah. Honduras yeah. has to play in St. Paul in February outdoors. <laughs> Love it. Um, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys, uh, and, and I know that you don't know, Okay. I I'm aware that you don't know the name of this stadium. Okay. But if you had to guess the name of the stadium that America will be playing at in Canada, what would you go with? Tim Hortons arena. Justin, (laughs) what do you think? And you said this is in Montreal, Hamilton, Hamilton, Canada, Tiger cats stadium, Uh, Hamilton park stadium, 
Tim Hortons Field. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I had no idea I was just being a da- an asshole. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of, like, like what, like, would like America's version. I mean, I guess Ford Field in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Wal- Walmart Stadium. Played <laughs> at Dunkin' Donuts Dome. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, so those are those are the games, uh, Justin. Obviously, uh, those those two, the next two qualifiers are outdoors in uh, Columbus and uh, St. Paul. So, if you have a deep desire to be cold as hell in the end of January and February, it's not not too far from uh, from the the upper Midwest haven of uh, Michigan. I, I still maintain, um, and I actually I want to bring you into this because, like, you know, home field advantage has worked out for us. But I have a long standing theory. Um, it's not necessarily original, but I've been I've been pushing it for a long time, which is that all of our competitive games in America should just be played at college football stadiums. Um, and, and it should be part of student tickets. Cause like, you know, the way you grow the game is you get people excited. And I'm just imagining like Spartan stadium, you could get those students and be like, Hey, it's January 27th. Do you want to get very liquored up and yell about how great America is? And I promise you that those students will say yes. 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 <laughs> Especially since that would be about two months removed from the last time they were in Spartan stadiums so they're like dying to get back and they're And, you know, college kids are just always looking for an excuse to to get loud and and scream. And especially in the winter, they just need a change of pace right there. Semesters just starting up, don't really have anything to do. I think this this right there, the the January leg of World Cup qualifiers would be perfect to do it at college stadiums. And especially like up here um, in the cold. You, you know, our fans are not going to be afraid to go out and play in the cold, but I mean, nope. watching the cold, not so, a puddle program. So this, yeah, this is the, gotta do it. The, the football college football playoff. Everybody is always like, Oh, I can't wait to see a Southern school play. It's like, yeah, I want to see Auburn come to Wisconsin, go to camp Randall in January. Let's see how you survive. You warm blooded motherfuckers. <laughs> and like, but like, like, in, like, okay. So like Auburn players, like playing in the cold is one thing, but like, imagine if you were, if, if it's February 2nd and they're not playing that game at Alliance field in, in St. Paul, they're playing it at Camp Randall. It's like, nope, don't want that. Like, nope. and like, like just like at the 70th minute you start doing jump around. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or uh, my, my, my thought was like, um, Imagine, imagine the, you schedule like during LSU's bye week, right? Like their bye week, and you tell their all their students like, "Hey, uh, we've got a qualifier. We're going to do Saturday night in Death Valley. Let's go. Can can you show up? Can you yeah. can you provide it? Or yeah. like we have like a Thursday night in uh, in Lane Stadium. But so what 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 would be your favorite uh, venue if you could if you could put uh, a qualifier, a Gold Cup, whatever, in a college football venue? Like what what do you think would provide the biggest home field advantage assuming that that you could get the fans up i want january u.s mexico at beaver stadium and in state college pa white out yes yep i want it's you're taking advantage of the cold because you know it's gonna be cold in pa in january you're taking advantage of having so when you have a game at beaver stadium you have to sell one hundred and seven thousand tickets you can do that if you play mexico i don't know if you can do that if you play honduras or some of these other countries so that would be ideal in all logistical sense. So I think Mexico, they'd, they'd already be just uh, shook for from playing in January outside. And now <laughs> you add in the most raucous atmosphere that anyone has really ever seen. So I think that's that's what I would choose. Uh, yeah, I'm good with that. I, I was of the opinion. Um, I like that a lot. That I, I like that scenario and situation a lot. I really wanted to do like a late November game in Austin where it's pouring. Mm. Like, like that, like, and, and like, because like, especially because Autzen is, is probably like the closest version we have to Azteca where it's like built up right? and it's just like, right. like, it just like comes down in you. So I, I would like, I would like that, but I, I like uh, January, January uh, in Happy Valley. What, what, yeah. what about you, Stumpy? I mean, my coach is always going to Camp Randall, especially with the, uh, the lake effects now. Like you might know how to deal with cold. You don't know how to deal with wind and snow blowing off Lake Michigan. But I, I feel like Camp Randall would have to be an 11 a.m. kick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the the best way to do it would be like at night. But the most advantageous, where we don't try and kill people, would be like, <laughs> like um, negative 12 at night. <laughs> yeah, like as soon as that sun goes down, it drops below zero, and you're like, ah, I have regrets. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody is happy in that. Like even like like 
you get like to the point of diminishing returns because even our players are like, I don't, I don't want this. <laughs> even the guys from like the upper Midwest are like, this was the dumbest. <laughs> Why did we do this? Yeah, and like, because like a, a good part of uh, like the the issue we talk about, like a good number of our players are from Dallas, <laughs> and and yeah. like like those kids don't really want to play in the north. <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, again, Justin, thanks so much for for joining us. Do you have, do you have anything specific you want to uh, tell the folks about? Uh, no, not really. Just, uh, yeah, check us out on 24-7 Sports. Um, get a VIP subscription if you really want all the scoops. I think uh, Mel Tucker has done a great job coming off of two and five. That's what most of these kids were landed off of. They all committed before the season started for the most part. So the real returns on his 10-1 season have yet to be seen. So check us out, I guess, for these next few months as uh, he tries to materialize it into recruiting success. Yeah. All right. So, so, uh, and, and I guess if you, if you're not a Michigan state fan, I, I don't know if Justin benefits, but like, if he does, there are other two 24 seven sports, uh, fan. Yeah. Um, I know, Definitely. I know, I know we have uh, a number of fans in, in, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, so there, there's a uh, tiger, tiger bait, I think is the name of the, the LSU one. Um, I only know that because of message board yeah. geniuses, which is my favorite Twitter account. <laughs> um, Best Twitter account. Um, but, uh, but anyways, thank you so much, Justin, for, for, for jumping on. Um, you can find Justin at Justin Thind mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, you can find him at 24-7 Sports, Spartan Tailgate. Uh, you can find uh, my co-host, Stumpy, at Mr. Mojo Rising 89 For all of your worst, worst college football takes, please at him. Uh, yeah. You can find, <laughs> you can find me uh, usually on the motherboard, uh, Mothership uh account which is uh at tls underscore n underscore tds we're talking uh football football we occasionally talk recruiting when it comes up uh we talk baseball uh every now and then wrestling has come up a lot recently i don't i'm not really sure why uh um, i blame chris yeah probably probably our our uh our english friend chris who, who really likes the wrestling um you can't find us on instagram yet we're, we're gonna get that up and running shortly uh We'll, 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 we'll hopefully have that by the time the, uh, the Mexico qualifier was played in happy Valley. Um, special, <laughs> special thank you to our, uh, sponsors, whoever blue wire decided to put in, uh, as well as the Smith workforce management group. Uh, and a special thank you to you, the listener, please like subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemy, tell, uh, your local Wisconsin fan who, you know, from the corner. Um, you know, we talk about them sometimes, I guess, uh, tell your pit fans. There was a moderate uh, amount of preview here. Um, But uh, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you, dear listeners. So thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.